Hands of My Podcast is a proud member of DarkCast Network, presenting the brightest of indie podcasts. This episode, we'll be using adult language and discusses sensitive and potentially triggering topics including violence, abuse, and murder. This episode may not be appropriate for younger audiences. All parties are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Some names have been changed or omitted per their request or for safety purposes. Listener discretion is advised. Hola, my beautiful humans. This is Jasmine Castillo. And this is MW. Bringing awareness of murdered and missing indigenous women, girls, two spirits, the LGBTQ community, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander, Black indigenous people of color. These are their stories. So, welcome to Hands Off, my podcast. Today I had the honor of speaking with Guadalupe Castro. Once you hear the story about her son, Isaiah Riojas, you will definitely understand the frustration about his story and the outcome. My name is Guadalupe Castro. My son, Isaiah Luke Riojas, my oldest son, was brutally murdered in San Antonio, Texas on August the 15th, 2020 by five so-called friends that have been lying, that have tampered with evidence, that have made our lives hell, that have been covering up for each other, that smiled in my son's face and told him they were his friends. But at the end, they left him dead in the dark in the grass like his life didn't matter like he was a nobody and I just want just to be served for my son my son was murdered by all five all five not just one person they were all involved they were all accomplices August 15 2020 which was a Saturday SAPD, which is San Antonio Police Department, said several people were, quote-unquote, playing with a gun inside a car near Rosemont at Bethel Place Apartments, located at 500S Acme Road in San Antonio, Texas. These people were five friends, and I state that loosely, friends of Easy. According to an early news article, the people had told a sergeant on the scene that night that they were, quote-unquote, all playing with guns. The fatal shooting does not have a definitive time frame, but one news source says around 12.40 a.m., but this is not the correct time based on other information. Castro received a call at midnight from someone who had said her son was shot and then hung up without answering any questions. The early news article says that it was 12.38 a.m. when police and firefighters received a call from the local reporting the shooting. Police were said to have responded to the scene around 12.38 a.m. However, this information has several contradicting times between different news sources. If this is the time they received the call, this is not the time they were on the scene. An earlier article said sergeant on the scene told the press that the victim and the unknown number of people were inside a car in the parking lot. The sergeant tells the media that information could change. However, a car and driver fled the scene, and somehow the victim ended up in the parking lot. Later, police said to the news that Isaiah Riojas, age 20, was shot and killed with a bullet that went through the back of his seat. He got out of the vehicle, ran toward an apartment building, and collapsed in the courtyard. Now, there is conflicting information on the bullet placement and how Rioja's body exited the car. And the San Antonio homicide detectives didn't do anything to help my son and my family get closure and justice. They didn't answer any of our questions. And the DA is doing the same, which I spoke out. And now we have been treated like criminals. 
and it just it's unbelievable that they would do this that they would treat families of murder victim like like this they give these criminals like a royal treatment and us here we are all we want is answers the truth to my son's murder and it was a murder they almost blew his head off or they blew half of his head off for the back my son suffered in the hands of those five monsters that night and i have been getting nothing from these so-called homicide detectives and da prosecutor gretchen Flader. in december of 20th 2016 prosecutor gretchen flatter is in the news because she allegedly attempts to sabotage her administration along with 37 other prosecutors, according to District Attorney-elect Kim Ogg. These prosecutors had all been fired for various reasons. Flotter had been accused of giving bad information about a case as well as having a romantic relationship with another prosecutor, Nick Socias, whom Flotter married. Socias had been fired for being a part of the quote-unquote Jenny Scandal. Now, Prosecutor Gretchen Flatter, the case involvement time frame is unknown, but she becomes involved in the case. On Rioja's mother's Twitter account, Justice for Easy, she shares many snippets of conversation between herself and Flatter. And since I spoke out, they've been against me. Like, it's like retaliation. Like, I, I, I spoke out against Deborah you know, improper murder investigation. And it's like, now it's retaliation. Like, now they don't want to do anything to help me out. They ignore my calls, my texts. And it's not right. Like, it's not right. I trusted these law enforcement for answers. You know, this is what they're out there to do to protect and serve our community and protect our kids. And they're so corrupted, covering up for each other. It's not right. I have met so many families. I'm not the only mother going through this. I've met so many families out here. I have no justice, no closure. And it's not right what they're doing. My heart is screaming with anger on how they have treated you and your son from the beginning. I've been following your case and watching you on Twitter how... They have been, it felt like he was being brutalized all over again, even after his death. He's, this is affecting you. This is affecting their family and him all over again. He's not here to fight for that. And you have to take the place of all of this. Just watching you, my heart breaks. And it's so true, like you said, Lupe, there's so many other people, families that are going through this. I live in Texas as well, and I've seen the how they treat the Latina community, the anything who, person who is a person of color, like yeah. they turn their backs on them and they treat them like they're just garbage. That's how I feel. Like, that's how I feel because of the side of town that I'm from, where my son was murdered. There's, it's, you know, the crime is high, you know, because our skin is brown because I have tattoos. My son had two tattoos because he was wearing basketball shorts. You know, these detectives right away, they judged him. Like, oh, he's a probably a little gangster, you know, killed in the, where the, all the crime is at in the book. My son played basketball. They traveled a lot. I don't know where he met this kid. Five days before he was murdered, I told my both of my boys, I don't like that crowd that you're hanging out with. I don't want to see you in jail, and I don't want to bury one of my kids. And he tells me, Mom, I'm 20 years old. I know what I'm doing. And I said, I say, please, I don't like them. Their dad told me, you know, some things that I don't like. Easy had his wallet stolen and his money taken out of his debit card through a different ATMs in the area. Then his bank account was closed by an unknown person after he died. A mysterious phone call went to his mother to say that he had been shot, but they hung up without giving details. Only Jaime Riojas was charged, but the rest of the friends have not, and they've changed their stories often. 
Text messages have additional information and show that a female may have lured Easy to the group to beat him. The investigators on the case refuses to hold other people accountable and withholds information from Easy's family, and instead threatens Easy's mother and family with arrests and other actions. This investigator, working for nearly 27 years, may have similar incidents in other cases. The petition has nearly reached the goal number of signatures, and as of this date, has 1,175 signatures. And the comments ask for justice, as they all agree he was murdered and robbed. And five days later, I get to the crime scene and I see him laying in the dark with one shoe on and one shoe off. <laughs> And I asked the detective, can I hold my son? They can know that I'm here. And they were putting him in a body bag. And a body bag, he tells me, Matt, in the condition they left him, they almost put the back of his head off his glove. <laughs> I could just see them putting him in a body bag. So and I was on my knees, screaming for him to get up. I said, Daddy, what did Mommy tell you? What did Mommy tell you? These kids were going to do to you. And look, look where you're at. Look what they're putting you in. And I started to put him in a back of a white bag. I took him away and never saw him. So I have to live with this every day of my life. That is just horrible that you had to go through this. I am so sorry, Lupe. No mother dreams of this ever, ever. And I am so sorry that you had to do this uh, alone. And. <laughs> You know. Thank you for sharing this. Um, I mean, it just tears me up every time I hear it because I, I've seen your videos and TikTok. I've seen how you are just a strong. You have to be strong because he's not here to fight that fight, and you have been fighting it from the beginning. He was not just what the police and the law enforcement want to assume him to be, and I'm glad that you're here to tell his side of the story about who he really was and claim him as the way you've been claiming him from the get-go. These law enforcement and these other people who assume things, I want to put them in their place. And that's why I'm glad that you're able to speak to me today about that. I want to know about his life, his story, the things that valued in his life. How would you describe Isaiah and I and you identify his nickname. They always called him Easy. Him, you know, you being his mother, you know, from every flaw, every perfection, everything that his he lived his life for. My son Isaiah. Like I said, he was my oldest. He was twenty years old. I had him February two thousand, and I had my other son in November of two thousand. So they always called him twins, Irish twins. And then I had my other son Carlos. And him and Brandon grew up together playing basketball. They were in the same grade. Everything they dressed the same. They would not go anywhere without each other. That's why that night I was like, "How? If my other son would have gone, I probably would have lost him." <laughs> But my son, I said, he was my good kid. He laughed all the time, all the time. He made everybody laugh. Always had a smile. Never argued with anybody. Never. He took care of my mom. <laughs> was handicapped. My parents and his brothers were everything to him. <laughs> Every time he would get paid, he would go buy him something. Buy my mom something to go to me, and then he would think about himself. He would drive my mom to the. <laughs> Her doctor appointments, put her in the truck, take her out of the wheelchair, and 
the driver to your pharmacy and he was a good kid, never in trouble. Thank you for sharing that, Lupe. Based on what you've just identified, it seems like Easy's personality was he was outgoing, he was athletic, he just lived life. Lupe says that kids looked up to him in basketball, and now that he's no longer there, they are taking it extremely hard. In Isaiah's own words, his statement for the ncsasports.org, for a recruiting profile. Hello, my name is Isaiah Luque Riojas. I currently play for San Antonio Dream Team and I've been playing since I was three. My current position is guard, shooting guard, and defense. I'm currently known for the defensive player with the most steals per game. I score average above the 18 to 20 point per game and have about 15 steals per game. I attend JFK School in San Antonio, Texas. I play AUU year-round and travel a lot for tournaments. My twin brother and I are very known in San Antonio. Look us up on Facebook Riojas Brothers on YouTube. We played for Iceman George Gervin and won 2016 Texas State Champs. Our school got a banner for the gem and we bear a seven-year round winner from Dallas, Texas. August 23, 2020, Easy was cremated, and his remains were placed in a cherry red urn with silver trim. On August 29, 2020, a basketball tournament in honor of Easy is held at noon on 135 Topeka Street. The funds raised would go to other basketball teams in need. Dozens of players arrived at the tournament to raise funds in Easy's honor. Lupe hopes that one day she will be able to make a basketball team in honor of her son. He played ball. They traveled a lot. They played with the AAU basketball mm -hmm. teams. Um, they raised money for breast cancer. That was the last team they played for. Wow. They were the only two Hispanics on all, you know, Judson and Wagner team. Like, they're like kids that know how to play ball. They're tall. My kids were the shortest kids the only Mexicans on that team and they were starters so they were always like the twins are playing the twins are playing and mm. he just tried hard to where he was at he played in Las Vegas five times wow and his brother and they never played without each other on the court like they were always on the same team they would go to the park down the street and teach little kids how to play ball you know, because a lot of kids would like look up to them. And mm -hmm. my son now, he doesn't really play ball without his brother anymore. And yeah, that's because he had something special with his brother. He was known in the neighborhood for playing basketball. Mm -hmm. He had a lot of friends. The night that he was killed, they did a candlelight and the whole street was full with people. And people I didn't even know. It came from out of town. People from out of state sending us the condolences. And he was well loved. Well loved. Sure. He would always say yes to everything. I would say, Isaiah, you have to say no. No, mom, I have to help him. No, mom. Like, you know, and I would tell him, sometimes you have to learn how to say no. Isaiah, no, mama, if I can do it, I'm going to help him. Like, I'm going to help him. My son was born with seizures he was sick when he was born mm -hmm. he didn't want nobody to know that you know he had a disability because he just wanted to be a normal kid mm -hmm. he wanted to be a normal kid and play basketball and the doctor would tell me that he can't play basketball because of his seizures it seems like he gave people a clean like a clean like, slate I'm play I'm gonna play yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. He didn't want his friends to know that right. he had a disability. He, you know, they would tell him no, but he still went out there on the court and worked hard to where he got. When you mentioned that there was a lot of people that attended the vigil, we have a lot of people in his community that are going 
through the same grief. They understand what a mother is going through and they, they want to come there to support. I just wish it was, you know, something that someone else could attend like his basketball game or, you know, attending his graduations or if he was going into college. You know, we should have a stronger community as being people of color. In 2021, Lupe started a change.org petition to the President of the United States of America and the League of United Latin American Citizens and Congressman Joaquin Castro. In this petition, detectives told Castro that the kids had moved her son's body to help, but they had already changed their story. The kids say they never saw a gun. All this happened to me, and now I know what discrimination is. Now I know, you know, I didn't think it was still around, whatever, like, but prejudice, things like that. When this happened, I didn't know where to turn. Mm-hmm. Everybody kept telling me the cops, they didn't even let me in the police station one time. They didn't even open the door. It was during COVID. They said, no, ma'am. I said, let me talk to the detective. They said, no. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, I've seen so many mothers that were like me lost. And nobody knows the pain of losing a child unless you walk in our shoes. Right. So day you wake up, when the minute you wake up, so even when you're asleep, you're hurting. And uh, I've seen so many mothers like out there that are in my shoes. That cops are just the detectives. To them, it's just a file with a number, another dead person waiting for their trial or what, you know. And yeah. a lot of Hispanic families, a lot of Hispanic families from my side of town, about 80% speaks Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I have started a La Muerte de Unijo, a nonprofit organization, which I try to help mothers of murdered children. You know, I get their know. story out there, the justice, because nobody wants to help. Nobody wants to help, and nobody knows how corrupted these cops are to them. Our that kids is, are. Yeah, that is a beautiful thing that you were able to take this. And help other people, even though your heart is still still wounded from all of this that's been going on. Can you tell me more about your foundation? I would love to help others who are listening to this podcast and our conversation and talk and listening to your story and your son, Easy, and the different steps of grieving process and, and helping each other out in a situation like this. I would love to know more about the foundation. Did you just start it recently? I started it like last year. I started helping mothers. You know, I would always see mothers on TV crying, mm-hmm. asking for justice, you know, that their child was murdered. And I would always look and say, oh, God, please don't let me ever, you know, be in those shoes. But it happened. It happened to me. Now I'm the mother on TV crying, asking for justice, fighting for justice, standing outside the police station mm-hmm. with fines. I never thought that I would be wearing a shirt with my son's pictures that says justice for easy right you know no mother ever thinks that no we get that call and no. you don't know what to where to run where to go and every time i meet a mother they contact me through facebook twitter you know mm-hmm. they ask me how have i been so strong mm-hmm. because of my other boys boys need me my parents then I see these mothers over and over on TV fighting I'm like what's going on like why aren't they helping them like not even an answer so I started going out there meeting the parents you know posting about their kids going and putting crosses where their kids were murdered because Mm -hmm. nobody listens to them like they completely ignore Mm -hmm. especially if the families are African-American, Black, or Hispanic. Mm-hmm. In San Antonio, Hispanic have the highest rate of murder victims of unsolved cases. Right. There's mothers that are out there still standing with signs, and it's been 10 years, and they can't even get a call or an email from a detective. And it makes me angry. And I told the judge, 
in November. I said, I refuse to be that mother that's going to live for the rest of their lives with why, why, why to my son's murder? No answers. I said, I refuse to be like those other mothers. Right. I said, they're strong. They're being strong, but I want answers. I want answers, and I'm going to get my son the justice that he deserves because nobody deserves to get murdered. And every time I meet a mom, I just want to hug her and tell her that it gets harder and harder every day. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get easy. It doesn't get easy at all. And then the cop, detective of the DA, just making it harder on us, like, we're grieving, we want answers. Like, Mm -hmm. our kids are getting murdered every day by gun violence. You're not getting us justice you're just arrest one and that's it like no what message are they sending all these kids out here you know with guns go kill somebody cry kick and lie and you know the detectives will let you go like no no justice needs to be served and they need to treat everybody the same as if it was one of their own they don't they don't and i've lived through it and it's not right. Just because they have the authority, they're law enforcement, they wear a badge, they wear a uniform. We all bleed the same. And we should all get treated the same. Absolutely. And these Absolutely. kids are getting murdered. And we just want answers. Just this. And we can't even get that. We can't even get a call back from the detective. We can't even get a call back from the DA. They can't even look at us in our face and give us a straight answer. But the cases are really close. It kills me. Yeah, that's that's been one of the things that I have been pushing for um, on a previous conversation that I had with another mother who's going through the same, same thing. And I've even called out the law enforcement on my podcast. I said, y'all need to do better. Treat it as if it is your mother, your cousin, your your own yeah. child, like I completely agree, Lupe, when you say that we bleed the same color. You know, our our skin is just a pigmentation difference. It's not anything else. We're human beings and you should treat us as such. It's just like, I don't know how many times I have to say, but I will say it till I'm blue in the face. And I'm hoping that there is justice. There's a group of people in Uncovered.com that work with cases like yours to collaborate and collect enough information and that's solidified and uh, relevant in a case and to find justice and that's one thing that i love about this community is that they've helped me from the beginning to now i mean i even i reach out to them all the time and they just people who are passionate about the same goal to get justice to find closure to get healing process to find the people who've done this and i love it i love what they do they have that same drive i really wanted to get some names out there in regards to what you've been doing so far, who are the people that we need, that these listeners need to reach out to, to blow up their phone, to be part of your voice in getting justice for easy. You know, that was my goal. If you were able to share at least something on what you've been doing so far and how we can help to make it heard across the world, to get something done, to get justice for easy. And I'm so excited because I I really want this to happen that I just like, I can't just ignore that. And there's a saying that uh, the squeaky wheel gets the the oil and I'm ready to bring out that oil can. You know what I mean? I'm ready to to put them out there. Like I'm ready. Exactly. Since the day I spoke out in public on the KSAT 12 News, and said that what that police report that was given to me by the San Antonio Police Department was a false report because that's not what was confirmed. My son was confirmed dead, a murdered, robbed, and left for dead. That's not what I heard. That's not what I saw. That's not what was confirmed. That's not 
nothing that the police report said is what happened the night that my son was murdered, even though I was not there. But that's what the detectives on the scene or the cops on the scene told me, you know, and I saw it with my eyes as no crime scene pictures were turned in as y'all saw in the pictures, the video, how they dragged my son on his back through the apartment hallway. And they said, the police report said they carried him and that they got him help. No, they dragged my son like an animal through that hallway by his arms and his legs. They left him in the grass where my son passed away, where he was found deceased by a couple. And that's why I say my son was not carried. They did not get my son help. None of these females rendered aid. Nobody called 911 because Detective Vanell and Sergeant Raul Cardenas say that these were scared little girls. So they didn't know what to do. Yet they can be in a car at midnight with older guys. You know, but they were scared to call 911. They're not scared to text and call them to go over there and see them in the middle of the night. And the mom allows them to go out. You know, nobody went and dragged them or pulled them from their hair to go sit in that car. If they're 14, 15 little girls and they're scared, they shouldn't have been there in the first place. So for them to say that, no. Some suspects fled, but some stayed and were taken in for questioning. Lupe begins getting texts from the other people involved in the incident. Many of the texts can be found on her Twitter account, justice for easy where she shares them. Many of the conversations she shares are heartbreaking, chilling, and outrageous. They have a criminal background. There's a history of them doing this, setting up guys, you know, that they meet to get robbed. As you ask, if you see the video, how they set up these little girls and they assault them. And Detective Vanell and Sergeant Raul Cardenas said it was an accident. It was, a, it was reported as a plane with guns. And then nobody saw a gun in their statements. And then everybody pointed at Jaime. April 9, 2021, a Civic Alerts newsflash mentions Jaime Riojas. Quote, Jaime Riojas is charged with manslaughter. The indictment alleges that on August 15, 2020, Riojas recklessly caused the death of Isaiah Riojas by discharging a deadly weapon, firearm, at and in the direction of Isaiah Riojas. This case is being prosecuted by the Criminal Trial Division in the 226th District Court. Manslaughter is a second-degree felony punishable by 2 to 20 years in prison and a possible fine of up to $10,000. An indictment is not a finding of guilt. A person charged by indictment is presumed innocent until found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt by a jury or a judge. Because these cases are pending, we can make no further comment on them. End quote. The person that said she that Jaime shot my son states she wasn't even there. How did Detective Banal and Sergeant Raul Cardenas get a statement from her? To me, she is the one, I believe she murdered my son. She shot my son because she's the one that set him up. But they ignored me completely. Sergeant Raul Cardenas only charged one out of five with the manslaughter. Dropped the charges to manslaughter. I wasn't even aware. The bond was set at 25000 for taking my son's life. For blowing half of his head off from the back. On social media, that was brought up to my attention, you know, by my son's friends. Hey, look what they did. They set up, you know, your boys oh, four days before at the mall. And this is, they recorded everything. They recorded how they jumped them as they were sitting down eating with their girlfriends. They started assaulting their girlfriends and the boys. They had like this whole little gang with them because they claimed to be in a gang. So they recorded it. They went live with Angelina Tovar having her baby that was maybe like six months. Hands the baby over just to any kid there and starts assaulting these girls and my sons. They're live and they're laughing about it, like laughing about it. So I give it to the DA, I give it to the detectives. I'm like, the same five people that were there at the mall that set up my boys are the same five people that were sitting in that car when the, my son was shot. You mean to tell me that bullet went in the back of my son's head right after he sat in the passenger seat? I said it could have gone anywhere else, but it went straight right in his head. 
well, I asked the detective and the prosecutor why my son had scratches on his face if he was dragged on his back, why his nose was broken because it was brought up to my attention too by his friends and my family that his face was messed up. Hmm. I never got an answer from none. November, we go to court and Jaime Rioja states that Eliza Tovar, one of the females that was in the car, assaulted my son. And that's why my son went to the front seat. And I was never told this. Why she hasn't been arrested, why they weren't arrested, all five of them, I don't know. Because the mom knew the detective or the detective was being sweet to the mom. You know, so only one kid got charged with manslaughter. It was not a manslaughter. It was not an accident and they were not playing with guns. By June 9, 2021, Telemundo San Antonio runs an article aptly named Game or Crime. Mother demands justice for the death of her son from a bullet. Castro expresses her frustrations at the investigation in the article. Lupe says she will meet with the Baxter County District Attorney to ask that her son's death does not go unpunished. In the hallway that they were, they dragged him, but his arms and his legs are dragged dragged him through there was a doorbell ringer there was four doors and there were one had a doorbell ringer caught everything on tape as they dragged my son all five of them by his arms and his legs detective Vanell confirmed the next day i went with an sapd officer to make a report you know to make sure they got the the video the resident says there is footage of them dragging my son all five of them that he would show it to me so the SAPD officer starts looking through that man's phone and he gets to the time and everything and he turns around and he goes, Miss Castro, the video's not here. So we're like, the man tells me, well, the detective came by early this morning and but he never told me he was going to take the, the video. And I'm like, okay, so we're, we're all standing there by his door and the SAPD officer calls Detective Banal on his phone and he's on speaker and Detective Banal confirms he has the video. He took it, he had it, and he saw all five dragging my son. And if I would have seen it, they couldn't use it in court. So that's how everything ended. July 24th, 2018, Detective Robert Bunnell is in the news for a murder case of Rodney Spring and Quikether Harris on January 21st, 2016. However, the defense attorney, Joel Perez, questioned the police investigation's thoroughness. Quote, Detective Robert Bunnell admitted that the case, at times, was, in his words, shabby, but Bunnell insisted that he was confident the case against Arroyo was solid. End quote. Now, with a little digging in regards to Detective Robert Bunnell, the case involvement time frame is quite unknown. Police officer of St. Antonio, Texas, Detective Bunnell, was a homicide detective from November 2019 to current for more than 14 years. Previously, he was a patrol officer in the U.S. Navy. Detective Bunnell was also a cold case detective from June 2010 to March 2012. Detective Bunnell becomes involved in Rioja's case, and Castro's Twitter, Justice for Easy, has many snips of conversation between herself and him. Castro expresses that she feels Bunnell did an improper murder investigation these detectives or these cops couldn't even call prior the firefighters to clean up my son's blood. The video I took, you know, that showed that they dragged him was the next day. Like, they couldn't even do that. So <sighs> the cop is like, I'm sorry, ma'am, you had to see this. I don't know why they didn't call the, the, you know, the cleanup crew, whatever, the fire department. So I started recording, and that's when I said they dragged my son. Like, then it was a manslaughter charge and only one on $25,000 bond. Then the, one of the females messages me, you thought you had a video, where is it at? I'm like, how do they know what evidence there is? I called Sergeant Raul Cardenas, the supervisor, the next day. He tells me the video wasn't recording. I said, no, you're lying because Detective Bunnell confirmed. I mean, I have it on a police report. And he says, it wasn't recording. And I'm like, so the video just grew legs and walked away. When I recorded this Sergeant Cardenas, I recorded him on a phone call because everything I was being told kept changing. Everything was different from that night. So I started, you know, recording and sending everything by email to have my 
proof. And uh, he tells me, these girls, their story never changed, but he knew their names were like offhand. Like if he knew these females, whatever, he knew their mom, like if he's related to them or whatever, but I knew there was something more going on. Days after the mom of those females, Anita Sartuche, posted on my son's justice page on Facebook, the detective is being so sweet. He just called to see how I was doing. And the aunt, her sister posted, we don't call the cops. We just take screenshots and we call the detective. He's on our side anyways. When I saw that, I said, this is why my son's evidence went missing. This is why her daughters are walking free and her boyfriend that she couldn't identify that night and their other friend. This is why everything's being pointed on one person. This is why my son did not get a fair trial in Bear County. And this is what they're covering up. They're covering up what Sergeant Raul Cardenas did because he was being sweet to the mother. I couldn't get a phone call from him regarding my son or to ask a question or to give a statement. They never asked anybody, none of us, to give a statement on my son's. Like you, they asked me, tell me about your son. They never even asked for a picture of my son when he was alive. So that since then, I said no. Like these detectives, it's not right. And everything kept changing, that the whole story changed. They knew things about my son's bank account. What? I'm like, how do they know that I made a police report on my son's bank, bank account? Because they stole money from my son's bank account in different stores. Oh my gosh. They took his phone, the gun that was used in the murder to murder my son was found in a trash can wrapped oh. in a blue towel with my son's phone. And they said it was an accident. I said, how can it be an accident? That's choice to leave the crime scene. Jorasi Martinez went to my house to tell my other son that his brother was shot. Mm. Never said he had the gun with him. He went to go put it a couple of streets down, went to the car wash on the other side of town, washed the car, cleaned it with his white tee, mm-hmm. and abandoned the car in a parking lot and turned in himself 17 hours later with his attorney because he already knew he had, you know, they murdered my son. My son was dead. They knew. July 21st, 2021, which was a Wednesday, Yodesi Martinez, 22 years old, was arrested and charged with tampering with evidence related to the case. Police said Martinez drove about seven miles to 3900 block of Fredericksburg Road. There, he cleaned the blood using a muscle shirt he wore. Then he wrapped the handgun in a towel and stashed it in the yard on Magnus Lane, near Nelson Wolf Stadium. Then, Martinez took 15 hours after the shooting before contacting police through his attorney. According to court records, Martinez's bail was set at $10,000, and he was released from jail. July 22nd. A news article by ExpressNews.com updates the case's newest arrest and charges. Unfortunately, this news is not widely reported, and this article is behind a paywall. Over a year has passed. On October 11, 2022, Yodesi Martinez, his case was closed. The disposition statute says, insufficient evidence. August 13th. According to a screenshot of a conversation provided by Castro by Gretchen Flotter to herself, Yodesi Martinez's case was dismissed by Judge Raymond Angelini because he suppressed the evidence based on a constitutional violation. Flotter goes on to tell the victim's mother that she had failed to appear in court for Martinez's case. Lupe had no obligation to go and found the wording hurtful. Flotter goes on to tell Castro that Jaime Rioja's sentence was December 1st at 9.30 a.m., and that's when she could go and speak with the judge. However, in the detailed search of the case, there is no such sentence hearing on December 1st. The actual hearing and sentence date was November 29th, 2022. So on that day of November 29th, Jaime Riojas is sentenced for his part in Easy's death. The charge was manslaughter. The judgment was a fine and a term. The fine was $1,500. Video of him. He took the detective where the gun was at. He took the detective where the car was at. 
and they allowed him to walk free. Why? Because they couldn't make it look like an accident. The choice that he did to go hide the gun, wash the car, abandon the car, that's not an accident. That's a choice he did. Right. I told the, the DA, he went to my house first. I said, why isn't it on his statement? And on his statement, when he was arrested last year, and in 2021, because the DA reopened the case, I said, why don't y'all mention that he went to my house first? It's not on, so he's already lying. Mm-hmm. He admitted that my son didn't look good. I said, so he admits that my son didn't look good as they took him off of the car. Yet, he didn't render aid. He decided to leave. Yeah. Now, charges were dropped against him last year. Uh, like, I guess in October. Mm-hmm. because the DA couldn't prove that you know he went to go hide the gun and I'm like well obviously he wasn't at the crime scene the car wasn't at the crime scene I said and if you would have asked us for a statement we all would have said we saw him pull up to my house and tell us that you know my son was was dead truck, uh, shot but they mm-hmm. never got a statement from us because they couldn't prove it was him and I told the DA recently, I said, if you would have, you knew that he went to my house and I told you that it was not on his report, could have asked us for a statement. And my mom told her, I opened the door, the door for Joe to see when he asked for my, my grandson. And nobody has asked me not one question. I saw my grandson get in the backseat of that car. He goes, she goes, my grandson turned around and he goes, I'll be back. Grandma, save me a piece of chicken. That's oh. And nobody, and my mom says, Nobody has asked me anything. Nothing. Mm-mm. Cannot De- believe that. Detectives have the four or five that were in the car, charged one, mm-hmm. who have lied since day one, tampered with evidence because nobody else can go hide the gun. Not even the people that found my son dead were their statements used in court. Nor, you know, give me the chance to even say what they saw, what they heard that night. Mm. I wasn't even given a chance. Like you gave me a chance to, you know, to see what my son was like. You have been doing this for two years, going on three almost. And the type of respect that you should have deserved was should have been from day one. And on top of that, this should have never, ever happened, period. You know, he was the fourth case in Bear County that Detective Bunnell, according to San Antonio Prosecutor Richard Fader, that my, that Detective Bunnell did an improper murder investigation, that he lied on a police report. When Lupe mentions that there has been so many cases of families have encountered the same situation in San Antonio, as well as with the similar types of endings of their lost loved ones, M.W. actually found possible similar cases and I will definitely have these in the show notes for references. Next meeting, we go two weeks later to meet up with her again in her office because she didn't have all the evidence. Detective Bunnell fell off the earth. Mm. He was forced to retire. Sergeant Raul Cardenas is not the supervisor to the San Antonio Homicide Unit. And now they're nobody in my son's case. All of a sudden, they're gone, disappeared. Not even a beat from them. Wow. Not even to go to court with... You know, testify or say what they saw, nothing. I was threatened by Detective Bunnell that if I didn't let him do the investigation, he was going to make sure that my other son pulled chain with the kid that murdered his brother. What? I wasn't letting him do his job. Listen, I will, I wish you would say something to me like that. Here in San Antonio where the parents murdered the baby, baby King. Oh. Well, you know, case here in San Antonio. Well, Detective Bunnell tells me, if you don't let me do my investigation mm-hmm. and you keep like interfering, I'm going to arrest you like I did to baby King's grandma and aunt and hold you and your son till trial starts. Oh. How would I know he's a detective, the homicide, or he was the homicide detective to that case? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he tells me, mm-hmm. I go, why would Jaime's bond was set at 25,000? He told me that's when you, like, that's, when you vote for a Democrat, like Joe Gonzalez, not a Republican, like LaHood, which is the DA here. Hmm. But what does politics have to do with my son's murder? Right. You know, and it's just, they've been so disrespectful. These detectives, 
mm. don't have the heart, don't care, nothing. And I would say that to their face. And that's why now I'm like, I'm going to speak out and I'm going to say the way it is. Yeah, you Everything do that. Reported to internal affairs, mm-hmm. Sergeant Pendejo confirmed all the threats he made, Detective Bunnell. And he said he saw nothing wrong with the threats for me to go talk to Sergeant Raul Cardenas. Well, Lupe, I'm just going to let you know. <laughs> this is going to stop here. This bullshit that they're treating you and disrespecting you and literally re-victimizing you and your family and easy, that's going to stop. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm I'm putting in my two cents. I, I cannot stand the arrogance and the disrespect. That's law enforcement, right? That's- yes. Like they're spitting in our face. <laughs> like literally, like they might as well go ahead and do it on, on the coffin on on our loved ones because that's what they're doing. They're really they're literally re-victimizing. You know, it's the like love, the loved ones because we're Mexican because we're like we yeah. don't have the money just to go and you know we're not rich or you know we have to do this to get money you know to bury our loved ones because we don't, just don't have money from one day to the next. You know, it's mm-hmm. a lot, and then for them to be doing this to us like. He would call me to threaten me that he's going to arrest me because I was harassing my son's killers and he was going to press charges on me. I wish I wish a motherfucker would. I'm sorry. And I'm sure I'm not the only oh, victim no. here in San Antonio that they did that too because yeah, they don't care. They don't care. They can be law. If they've been in the law enforcement 26 years and 27 years. Okay, if you're tired of your job, then let somebody else do it. Right. Because these are our loved ones that are getting murdered. We want answers. And you're just like, okay, there. Mm-hmm. Like, he told me, I only do VIP cases, Detective Bunnell. That's what he okay. told me. He only does VIP cases. Mierda. That, that's mierda. Fuck. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you know, mierda. you should treat everybody the same. Mm-hmm. Everybody. What do you mean? There's no VIP cases. There's no VIP murders. There's nothing. Like, you should treat everybody the same and get everybody justice and closure. Exactly. You can choose what case you're going to do this and what case you're going to do that. Like, Prosecutor Gretchen Flater from the DA's office has a history from the Houston DA's office of doing what she's doing to my to my family in Houston. Like, you did it over there. You know, it's on the internet. It's out there. So I read about it. Same thing she did over there. She's doing it to me. And I'm just like, and I told her the other day, I said, you know, this is not something that you just, oh, it happened. Or, like, you've done this before. You know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mothers have murdered children, and now you're doing it to me. Like That's bullshit. That's some bullshit. That bullshit. is so, so, oh, my gosh. Why? Because they have the authority and the abuse of it. They're abusing their power, and it's yes. it's pissing me off. I am so, I'm so glad that you reached out to me because... I'm a firecracker. I mean, I come, my mother is Mexican and my dad is black. So I know, like, I'm, I am enraged. Just we need justice for easy. And I, I am so behind you 120%. And I'm not going to stop. Like, I'm not going to stop. Don't stop at all. I have been told, you know, be careful if you go out because a lot of people that speak out against the cops, you know, end up getting killed or, you know, an accident happens to them. But you know what? This was my son that was brutally murdered. He suffered in the hands of these five monsters, which are out here committing crimes mm-hmm. and harassment, and they're not doing nothing about it. Yeah, and I'm going to speak out till justice is served for my son. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the videos of them just like glorifying and trying to play, play like quote unquote, paying respect to Easy with their t-shirts and yeah. having these little drinking parties. And so I said, you know what? They're celebrating the murder of my son, and right, these detectives can't see that. Like, come on, that's to me. Like, you guys are literally dancing on someone's grave, and like, that's just so disrespectful. But well, let me tell you, they showed up to the candlelight the night that my son was murdered. Oh, really? Shirts and pictures and candles. These females. On <gasps> there are some scandalous, scandalous. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, I wanted to say that because <laughs> so they claim that nobody beats them up. But you know, if you oh. ask around San Antonio, they're known for setting up people, and the proof is there, the evidence is there, the videos are there, and these law enforcement detectives, mm-hmm. cops, whatever, allow them to do this. 
So I told the DA, you can prevent another mother mm-hmm. from bearing or, you know, grieving the loss of a child. Right. You can prevent this from happening to another kid, getting them set up and, you know, robbing them and beating their ass and recording it and laughing about it, about it humiliating them on social media. But yet you're defending those who are doing wrong to others. Mm-hmm. They're going to end up killing somebody else. And that's and I'm going to turn around and blame it on you because they've gotten a DUI. Mm. They're already pending charges on other cases for assault. And this DA is just defending them. She asked me, what did they do to my son? Mm. Trickery. They tell me my life is better than yours. Let, let your son get pissed. Like, he's already dead. Let him die. Like, he's already dead. Like, go okay. live your life. Go I wish just I- else. Like that. I used to have those girls for breakfast when I was a teenager. But those are the witnesses that the San Antonio Homicide Unit and DA say are my son's only witnesses. Mm, mm. Okay, let me let me come back down because I'm fired up and I'm going to be like running around stomping around the house for the rest of the day just like fired up about this because I want justice. And I am going to be next to you, Lupe, as much as I can with what I have, my resources. Um, in closing, in closing, Lupe, thank you so much. In closing, is there anything that you'd like to share to the listeners in regards to how they can help or what you, they can do to be part of making this justice happen? There's a lot of families, like I said, that I met out there that don't speak out because of the harassment, retaliation from the cops, from you know those involved in the murder mind speak out because we are their only voice and we are the only ones that can get our loved ones justice nobody deserves to get murdered to suffer you know like my son suffered it takes time but justice will be served but don't give up one door closes and another one's going to open there's a lot of families out there that are looking up to us in the battles that we're going through and we have to teach them and show them that we're not going to give up and for them not to give up. And I'll never see the San Antonio Police Department the same as I did before. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. And there needs to be police accountability everywhere. Everywhere. Exactly. And that they need to be put out on social media. They need to be, you know, shown what they, what, what they have done, what they do. Instead of protecting and serving our community, they're bringing more pain to grieving families. They are the ones that allow all this violence out there because they give them a slap on the hand and they go back out. Mm-hmm. They lie for these kids and they're out there. This is just one group of children, or I want to call them children, ruthless, disrespectful children who are making life, people's lives miserable. There is more like that in all over and the, the place. They don't want to deal with it. They don't yeah. want to deal with it. We're going to get the word out and this is being recorded. But once I release this, I know the listeners are probably going to be as fired up and raring to go and taking action as much as possible. So I will Thank definitely you. have any additional things in the show notes that where they can go to if there is like if you have a petition, if there is anything that I need to put in there. I want this to be on blast. People are going to be yeah. held accountable. I want these cops held accountable, detectives, DA. It doesn't matter. We all bleed the same. We break the law, we go to jail. They break the law, they need to be held accountable. Please don't hesitate to contact Lupe. She does have a support group and an organization, a safe space for families of lost loved ones. I will place this in the show notes. Let's get justice for easy. We are voiceless no more. Thank you for listening to Hands Off My Podcast. If you are enjoying the podcast and you'd like to support the mission, I do have a Patreon membership that will help the cause and bring more detail on cases and stories from the people of color community. If you yourself has a lost loved one or a story suggestion, please don't hesitate to contact me at email 
handsoffmypodcast at gmail.com. And if you are only able to support in another way, please give this podcast a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify and continue to listen to upcoming episodes every Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcast. Dios te bendiga.